Hey there, welcome skinny peeps. I am so glad to be here with you. Today is August 9th, 2018, and you are listening to The Skinny with Jesus. My name is Bevan Caramello. I am the founder of this podcast, and uh, you guys know this is one of my favorite places to be. I am... um, I love every minute with you guys. So we are in uh, wrapping up a series that we've been in for a little while now. I think we've had about seven episodes. This is number eight, a series called Keep Choosing Him. Okay, last week, uh, or the previous message, we were talking about the idea of living with a posture of open hands, right? We looked at the story where Jesus feeds the 5,000. And we learned the fact that, you know, that 5,000, that number doesn't even take into account the women and children that were also a part of that miracle, right? That Jesus feeds the 5,000. That was just the 5,000 men. He actually fed probably 10, 12, maybe even 15,000 people. And what we were looking at was we were focusing mostly on the follower of Christ in that situation that chose Jesus in that moment, chose to follow him, was just a little boy who approached Jesus with a posture of open hands. Remember, he he gave Jesus what he had, and it wasn't much. It was just five little barley loaves of bread and two fish. But with that, Jesus fed 10, 12, maybe 15,000 people. And so we were, we were talking about, in the last episode about what it means to surrender all that we have to Jesus and the way that little boy lived to truly live with a posture before God with open hands. And we mentioned um, living with surrendered hearts, surrendered treasures, and surrendered time. And so each one of those, we're going to dive a little bit deeper. We're going to focus on those specifically one at a time in our last three episodes of this Keep Choosing Him series. And today we're going to be talking about surrendered hearts, okay? We're going to be in the book of Luke, and we are going to be looking, let's see, we're going to be uh, the book of Luke chapter 9, verses 57 through 62, Okay, I'm going to read that for us. It says, okay, so first, just to give you a little background, Jesus and his disciples are on their way to Jerusalem, and they're passing through a Samaritan village, and they come across these three different men, and this is the the interaction that Christ has with these different men. Okay, chapter 9, verse 57, here we go. It says, as they were walking along the road, a man said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. Jesus replied, Foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the son of man has no place to lay his head. He said to another man, follow me. But the man replied, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. Jesus said to him, let the dead bury their own dead, but you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Still another man said, I will follow you, Lord, but first let me go back and say goodbye to my family. Jesus replied, No one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of God. That was verse 62. Let's stop right there. Okay, let's unpack this a little bit. I want us to, f- to first focus on verses 57 and 58. We're going to take it one man at a time because there's three different men here uh, in, the, in their specific interaction with Christ in just a couple verses for each man. Verses 57 through 58 it says, 
as they were walking along the road, a man said to him, so this man says to Jesus, I will follow you wherever you go. And then let's look at Jesus's response here. He says, foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the son of man has no place to lay his head. Right here, we see Jesus's response to this man. What he's saying is, are you willing to follow me into uncertainty? Right? He's saying, I don't, following me doesn't necessarily mean you're going to know everything that's going to come next. I don't even know. I don't have even have a house. I don't even have a place to lay my head. I don't, I, I, I sleep in different places from one night to the next. Follow me into uncertainty. So is our security in Christ following Jesus and trusting him to provide for us, trusting him to provide the place for us to lay our head, trusting him and the life that he's called us to, the path that he's put placed us on, even if it seems scary and uncertain? Or have we begin to, if we place our security in other things, do we find our security in our, our home or our safety or our bank accounts or our jobs? Follow me into uncertainty. And, and Jesus knows their hearts, the hearts of these men, without them saying very much at all, because he's God, right? He already knows their hearts before they even speak. And he's rebuking them because here this man is saying, I'll follow you wherever I go. And Jesus is like, really? I mean, I don't even have a place to lay my head. You're going to follow me into that? Because he knows even this man says, I'll follow you wherever you go. He knows the man's heart is not truly surrendered. Okay, let's keep going. Verse 59 and 60. Jesus said to another man, follow me. Remember, that's what he said to his disciples too. And, and we've talked in, in um, other messages where uh, Matthew he was called Levi at the time, the tax collector, and one of the disciples, one of the 12. When Jesus said, follow me, Matthew got up and immediately followed him. When he said it to Peter, and James and John, follow me, and we see over and over, they immediately got up and followed Jesus. Jesus knew their hearts too. He knew that they were surrendered, that they were ready to say yes to that prompting. Here we see this missed opportunity here with this man. Jesus says to him in verse 59, follow me. But the man replied, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. Jesus said to him, let the dead bury their own dead, but you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Okay, this is pretty radical right here. If, if we're not careful, we can fall into the trap of, of um, looking at this too lightly and, and thinking that Jesus was not being very sympathetic here, right? His dad's died. He needs to go back and bury his dad. Well, chances are that's not exactly what was happening here. Um, based on culture and and customs and traditions, um, if this man's father had already died and this man was simply saying, I've got to bury my father and then I'll come with you, then Jesus most definitely would have honored that custom, honored that tradition and, and, and the respect for his... Uh, this man for his father. But that's not what was happening here. This man, he knows this man's heart. And again, this man is just trying to delay things. He's just trying to, to put it off. He says, oh, I'll, I'll, I'll do it. I'll, I'll do it later. I got, I got something else I've got to do. And what Jesus is saying here in this response to his man, he's saying, 
follow me now. Follow me without delay. When, when Jesus calls us to follow him, it's, it's in his timing. It's not ours. And it got me thinking, you know, do we want to stay where we are in our comfort zone and our complacency? Do we want to stay there just a little longer? What excuses are we making so that we don't have to move forward in our faith, in our relationship with the Lord, in our, our obedience to Him? Are we choosing to stay in a place of cherished sin? That's what I, I call it. And because I don't, I don't throw stones here when it comes to this subject because I have lived there. I have been there. So grateful to be out of that place. But I lived in a place with my cherished sin for two decades in my addiction. And there are certain sins that we want to cling to to the point that we're not really sure what God has for us is better than what we've already got. There's times where we're thinking, yeah, I want to follow you, Lord, but only to the point that you don't ask this of me. Don't ask me to give this this up. Don't ask me to, to... to change my thoughts or my actions with this one thing. That's a, those are our cherished sins. Those are the ones that we, we really just don't want to give up to follow Jesus. We don't want to give up that TV show that we know we shouldn't be watching. We don't want to give up that, that last drink that we know we shouldn't have because that's pushing the envelope from a healthy relationship with alcohol into, into drunkenness. We don't want to give up that relationship or, or that that person in our lives that we know is, is unhealthy and leads us into situations we shouldn't be in, leads us into sin. I want to read you guys a verse from the book of Romans, Romans 6.21. Actually, I'm going to start in Romans 6.20, and then we'll go into 21. It says, When you were slaves to sin, you were free from the control of righteousness. Slaves to sin, that's that, that, that sin that owns us, right? We're a slave to whatever we love most in this world. It says, when you were slaves to sin, you were free from the control of righteousness. What benefit did you reap at that time from the things you are now ashamed of? Those things result in death. Don't wait. This that cherished sin, whatever it is, lay it at his feet. It's just going to be something you look back on later and we're ashamed of. So why spend one more day clinging to it? I've been there, guys. The other thing I got to thinking about this, this, uh, this man here that we're looking at in the book of Luke, talking about to go back and bury his dead father. And chances are that his father hadn't actually died yet. And I started thinking, you know, because we don't know exactly what the man meant. We know that Jesus knew his heart. We know that Jesus knew what the man meant. But I started thinking, you know, maybe this man didn't want his father to know that he'd chosen Christ. I mean, that would have been a pretty radical choice at the time, just like it is for us now, to look so different than the world around us by being a follower of Jesus, by being a Christian. This man, you know, as a Jew or as a Samaritan, which would have been half Jewish. Maybe he didn't want 
his family to know that he'd chosen Christ. You know, maybe he's in this verse, he's saying, you know what? I'll just catch up with you when my dad's out of the picture. I don't want to deal with that rejection from my family. I don't know. Okay, let's keep going. Verses 61 and 62. Our third man in this picture. Says, still another man said, I will follow you, Lord. But first, let me go back and say goodbye to my family. Jesus replied, no one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of God. Okay, what in the world is Jesus saying right there? What do you guys think? Um, if you find scriptures like that and it's hard to unpack, it's hard to figure out exactly what's going on, I really recommend getting a good study Bible, getting a good commentary. I have several that I look through that I read on a regular basis when I'm when I'm reading scripture because there are people who have studied these these verses their entire lives and they've studied the context with, with which they were written in. They've studied the historical background. They know everything that was going on at the time as best they can. And I think from what the best I can tell from everything that I've read is what Jesus is basically saying here is he's telling this man, he's saying, follow me without looking back at what you used to have or the way life used to be. In other words, don't be wishy-washy having one leg on one side of the fence and one leg on the other side of the fence. Jesus is saying, you can't just choose me sometimes, okay? It's an all or nothing deal. It's not a selective calling. It's all or nothing. You don't get to just pick and choose the parts of living for Jesus that feel good to you or look good to you. And again, we have to remember, he knows this man's heart. He knows what this man is struggling with, the surrender that this man is struggling with. And that's why we're we're looking at this passage in scripture as we are focusing on choosing Jesus by living with surrendered hearts. Revelation 3 verses 15 and 16 says, this is Jesus talking here. He says, I know your deeds that you are neither cold nor hot. I wish you were either one or the other. So because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I am about to spit you out of my mouth. Jesus says, you can't just choose me sometimes. Don't be wishy-washy. He wants us to be willing to abandon everything else that gives us security to follow him. He wants us to choose him over everything else. So how do we do this? It's pretty radical, right? Feels kind of crazy. <laughs> Might create a little fear or anxiety in us just because it's new and change is hard. I think the way we do this, guys, it, it's... It's like eating an elephant, as my dad says. You eat it one bite at a time. Sanctification, which is a big word for just means becoming more and more like Christ. And it's a lifelong process. The process of sanctification, looking more and more and more like Jesus, it, is a, it happens every day for our entire lives. So the way that we do this, the way that we choose to live with surrendered hearts, it's in our daily choices, Right? It's just one good choice at a time 
over and over and over again. Every time we come to a crossroads, every time we decide if this is a situation I should be in or not, if this is something I should say or not, if this is a joke I should laugh at or not, if, if these are people I should be spending my time with or not, is this something I should put in my body or not? Does this own too much of me or not? Every decision that we're making, those daily choices, we choose him. We live with like that little boy with his five loaves and his two fish. We live with open hands. We approach God with surrendered hearts and we say, here I am, Lord. I give you all that I am. Take me, make me, mold me. Break me if necessary. Change me to be a mighty warrior for your kingdom. You know, sometimes I think we forget too when we look at the lives of, of the disciples in the New Testament that a lot of the New Testament happened over years and years and years. I mean, the book of Acts, which is, you know, teaches us about the founding of the early church and the way it all started after Jesus rose from the dead and then, and then, um, ascended into heaven and, and after Pentecost, all that happened is they were just establishing the very first church for Jesus, the very first Christians on earth. The disciples were just living their lives. The Christians in the early church, they were working, they were raising kids, they were cooking dinner, they were building fences. I mean, Paul was a tent maker. He was making tents. They were celebrating holidays with their families they were fishermen. They were gathering food. They were farmers. Just like us, they were just living their lives. But what we see in the New Testament, what was so powerful and radical about the way that they lived their lives, just in their everyday, mundane, daily grind, is they were doing it all on mission for Christ. Everything, every day. Everybody they came in contact with on mission for Christ. Hey, have you heard? I want to tell you about this. Let me tell you the good news. So choosing him with surrendered hearts means, one, Jesus says, follow me into uncertainty. Two, he says, follow me now. And three, Follow me without looking back. I want to read one more verse for us today as we wrap things up. It's a verse that we uh, looked at early on in this series too. It's Luke 9.23. It says, Then he said to them all, this is Jesus talking, If anyone would come after me, he must, de- he must deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. It's a daily process. Keep choosing him today, every day. Let's pray. Father God, Lord, you are so good and so big, so mighty, so merciful. Lord, I pray that you would empower us, equip us with your Holy Spirit in us to keep choosing you every day, to surrender those parts of us, those pieces, those places that we are holding back, that we're just terrified to open up those clenched fists and stand before you, palms face up with open hands. Lord, give us what we need to live for you with surrendered hearts, with to follow after you, Lord, with reckless abandon. 
I pray, Lord, that you would just be with each person listening to this message right here with us, whether it's today or in the future. Lord, I just pray that you would be with them right now, right there in this moment. Speak a word straight to their hearts. Carry them through their trials, Lord, and celebrate with them in the triumphs. We know you love us so much, Lord. It is with great joy and pleasure that I pray this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you guys so much for being here with us. Until next time, you know I am praying for you and yours. Bye now.